Blog Talk Radio. to Friday, the end of the week. Wow. And welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio Network. And today we have a special guest, David Godless, with his new book, History is Made at Night, which is an amazing book. And uh, it's going to be some really cool things that are coming up where he's going to be doing an opening with the book and the images are iconic, and today we have a godless with us, and as well as my co-host Spencer Drake, who's calling in from New York, and I am going to bring everybody in, and we're going to get this show on the road, because there's a lot of really great things to cover on this. So let me bring everyone in. Spencer and godless, are right. you there? I'm here. <laughs> godless, we love yeah, that. Love yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, I love that. So it's fun. Punkorama. <clears throat> I yeah. know. And that was that was a great song to open up with too. You can't get any better than the Ramones. No. Right. And we, we know that. Um <clears throat> History's Made at Night. That book there, um, I was reading a little bit about what your inspiration was for getting the book and and create creating the book and who your mentors were and stuff and it was just really interesting your whole uh, background on that, how you hung out at CBGB's and, um, you know, how this all just came about. So uh, why don't we go right into how the book came about and 
a little bit about you and uh, Spencer. You're here. You actually yeah. have a lot to do with this too. So let's talk about it. History's needed yeah, tonight. I, I wanted, I, I Go wanted for to start it, before they, Holly, before David mm-hmm. starts, I wanted to read something from the book, the intro, by oh, yeah. uh, Jim Jarmusch. And, it, uh, uh-huh. he, and he writes, Godless loves the night. The absent, that absence of clear definition, his, his imagination was turned on like a radio, his camera lens as a central receptor. It's as though the particles of light are still vibrating, as though one is still right there, standing on the Bowery in 1976, looking into Patti Smith's luminous eyes, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that was a really great little uh, quote. It is. Get Thank right you. Into Thank the you. Book. It is. Yeah, so, Jim, David, why don't you tell Jim, us yeah. about the book a little bit, you know? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, I guess it's a photo book about my days at CBGB's between 1976 and 1979. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a photographer when I went down there to go hear some music. Of course, I loved music. My parents were musicians. I ended up, you know, looking for a place to hang out in New York when I was got my job as a studio assistant to a photographer. And I was like, oh, I got to go hear some music. I got to go meet some people. There's what's this joint down on the Bowery that I see these black and white ads in the back of the village voice for with these funny band names like Blondie and television and talking heads, you know, nobody had band names like that. And, um, mm-hmm. and I went down there and, you know, and then go down to Bowery. It's like, Oh my God, where am I? You know, that was big wide open space back then. You know, there wasn't anything there, but a bunch of bums and gas stations. And, um, and there was this awning that Hilly had put out, Hilly Crystal. And so I went in there and um, started, you know, the, I heard television the first time I went down there. Um, I pretty much guessed that they were fans of the Velvet Underground, which I was. Uh, it didn't take long to find out that everybody in there was a fan of the Velvet Underground. Not that there were that many everybody, mm-hmm. but there were certainly enough to populate the place. And then being a photographer, I started to take pictures there, go thinking I should, I should kind of, you know, document or take pictures of what's going on here. You know, it wasn't like I was yeah, a rock and roll amazing. photographer, but I came from a background of yeah. people, photographers yeah. that, you know, document various scenes or things that go on and that's what I was. I was a street photographer taking pictures of New York City streets. So here I was taking pictures of New York City streets at night where this crowd of people were doing this new thing down on the Bowery. Uh-huh. And from there, pictures. I mean, it was always going to be a book in the way I shot mm-hmm. it. It was always in my mind going to be a book. I just didn't think it would take 40 years for me to put it together, but uh, <laughs> you know, time waits for no one and so here I am. <laughs> Well, here, here, and here's the book. And um, you have um, a little. You have an event coming up. Why don't you tell everyone mm. a little bit about that, real quick? I'm actually calling you from uh, from the location of my event, which is tomorrow night. But mm-hmm. it's an exhibition at um, Agnes B, who's the designer and fem- fabulous uh, clothier from Paris, who has a store, has several stores here in New York, and one of which is a gallery. And she's. Um, I've worked with her before on other projects that have to do with music and punk. And so when this book came out, she wanted to do this show. So we're doing the show opening tomorrow night, and I'm here hanging it today. I'm calling wow, you directly really? from 50, do you know the address there? 50 Howard the address Street, which is um, one block north of Canal between mm-hmm. Broadway and Mercer. And there's an opening okay. tomorrow night between 6 and 8 p.m., which should be uh, fun indeed. And um, Fantastic. come on down if you're in town. And if you're I not, am. I feel bad for you, but you'll see the pictures on Facebook. 
Yeah, and let, let's give your website out real quick, too, where they can also get the book as well. Yeah, the, the website, as long as you can remember how to spell my last name, which is Godless, <laughs> which is a strange name but a real name. But you yeah. don't want to spell it. You want to spell it G-O-D, like God, and then L-I-S. So it's Godless. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Godless.com or www.godless.com, as some people do, um, you can buy the book and you can find out more about the book and you can find out more about me and uh, and the various events associated with it. You yeah, are, no, uh, David, pretty, David, pretty amazing. You have two different, uh, you're in the Ramon show, which I'm in with you, going mm-hmm. to L.A. That's another thing your photo's in. And also you're now in uh, Max's Kansas City auction part of with your photo. Oh, I am in that. Yes. Yes, my picture yeah, so of suicide really nice is in thing. that. Um I I was kind of t- I wanted to ask you about certain a couple of photographs in the book which I thought the, you have a, the whole book is incredible so I'm not going to list these at best but there was one photograph you have of Steve Bader's lying down on the stage. Do you do you right. remember these incidents where these things happened and I, I you know. sort of do, and then sometimes I wonder if my memory is the photograph at some point. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, but CBGB's was one of those. Yeah, because, you know, you take pictures. I sort of, I think I began taking pictures because uh-huh. I didn't have a good memory, and I went, so I'll take a picture of that, and I'll remember it. Um, but, no, I remember taking that one because, you know, CBGB's was was set up. So it was kind of like a bowling alley. There was a bar off to the right and then a long stretch and a stage near the front, near the back. But it's the odd thing about CBGBs is you had to pass to go to the bathroom. You had to pass the stage on the left, so you really had to like just walk right by the people that were playing to get to the bathroom, and uh, and um, which made for a lot of interesting spots to be able to photograph the club from. And so that mm-hmm. picture is from behind the stage, and the stage was so low that I would kind of look for different. You know, I'd go like, oh, I'm bored of shooting in the front. I'll go in the back. Or I'm door to shooting in the back. I'll go on the side, and um, and sometimes maybe I was just going to the bathroom and walking back and taking a picture on my way back from the back of the stage. But yeah. that one was, you know, Stiv. Stiv was great on stage. He was always great on stage. Mm-hmm. He was a very Iggyish character, and you know, their live shows were fabulous. And so he would always roll around and you know get himself into trouble on the stage, and by the end of the show, come off bleeding or tied up in his microphone <laughs> wires and. And so he, you, and, and he knew he was he was a good showman, much like I guess Iggy is. And you know it, you couldn't go wrong with Stiv. And that one was, I think that was a night that, um, oh, what's his name? I forget. It was a it, he's being video videoed. You can see a videographer like in, yeah, uh, yeah, that's in, in front of him. That's, I think Ron. Um, what was his yeah. name? Ron. I can't remember his first name. His last name. But anyway, he was photo videoing that night, which also added extra lights to the stage. Because right. when video would come in, they needed more lights. So that was also a thing that would help me out because I shot without flash. That was yeah. my big thing was shooting without flash by natural light. Oh wow! So anytime somebody nice. brought extra lights, that helped. And and, yeah. and just you know just it was just an interesting angle. And Stip would do that thing where he'd like pass out on the stage, almost look like he's passed out. And <laughs> uh, you know he, he knew how to give you a good picture. Yeah, I you know the other yeah. shot. I, I I wanted to mention another shot. You shot this whole series on the winter, like it was mm-hmm. like this winter thing going on during that mm-hmm. time around CBG. Was this a shot of Bob Gruen out of focus? And I looked at that shot, and I said, "Wow, that's an amazing shot. It's out. Of, it's slightly out of focus, but yeah, it's it is. That's that's it's the, incredible. That was the blizzard of '78. There were I believe there were two storms in '78 in like um, January, and mm-hmm. it ha- it happened to be that one was. 
because I took that picture, and Bob sometimes talks about that night in in his oh, wow. talks. When he does talks, he goes, "Oh, I was coming back from you know the dark room to take to to the Sex Pistols tour. It just happened that U.S. Sex Pistols tour, and um, he and he had gone in the dark room to make prints, and then was going down to CBGB's to meet Johnny to meet Johnny Rotten." who after the Sex Pistols broke up in San Francisco came to New York and was in fact on that same roll of film is my picture of that's in the book of Johnny Rotten sitting at the end of the CBGB bar. And, mm. but that shot of Bob in the snow, I, you know, I, I loved playing with the various weather things, you know, like that make mm. pictures look good. There's, there's several pictures in the snow and rain always is, makes the pictures look like film noir. And, um, but that one, Bobby, he loves that one. He told me that's one of his favorite pictures. And so, uh, yeah, that's shot. the blizzard of 78. And then there's somebody, somebody recently told me that they wanted their picture. They thought I should put their picture in the book. And they told me that, you know, they didn't understand why that picture of Bob was in the book uh, because it was out of focus. Uh, and I, I, I said, you know, blonde, the cover of Blonde on Blonde is out of focus, too. Take right. a look at that one. <laughs> You're right. You have a Phyllis Stein yeah. one in there too. Oh yeah, in her high snow. heels in the in that snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's wearing. You can see the little high heels that she's got that she's trying to step through the snow into mm-hmm. Phoebe. I think she's arriving with Jimmy Destry, and uh, mm-hmm. and and it just I love looking showing people go look see see what we did walking in those oh, high listen, heels in David, the snow. I got to tell you, I'm friends with Elliot Landy, and Elliot used to tell me this many years ago. He mm-hmm. said. He didn't understand, and you relate to this, he didn't understand why people would not relate to out-of-focus shots. He said those right. are the great shots, and, you know, he's a great photographer. You know that. So Yes, I love that, Elliot, yeah. Exactly. So it points up what you're saying. You know what I mean? It was pointing up what you were saying. You just have the, you know, like the story on Bob Dylan's one, you know, which Jerry Schatzberg took. Was you know that it was mm-hmm. it was it was really cold out and they like were riding a car up the West Side Highway or something and they would jump out and take mm-hmm. a picture and get back in and it was freezing, and wow. you know he couldn't hold the camera that well, but when Bob Dylan looked at the pictures he said that's the one he just pointed to it and was like wow. you know, he, and Bob yeah. picked the out of focus one it didn't matter that story. they couldn't hold the camera because it gives an effect you know I, I, there are a lot of my pictures that people think are out of focus they're not really out of focus they're just uh, there's they're, the french have some weird word for it they call it flu or something you know they go oh it's uh-huh. very flu and uh-huh. they understand what i do you know they go oh very flu it's very flu and i'm like okay you know in america they it's tell me it's artsy. out of focus yeah they got it's an artsy, artsy word for it but it uh-huh. is artsy i mean but it does kind of you know that william klein shot a lot of great photos in the 50s like that robert frank shot like that it gives you like a, a kind of another layer of um emotion to the picture yeah. which uh-huh. and yeah. which is you know which is was my thing and so i think that's why jim sort of caught it in that intro he wrote a great intro the one yeah. you read yeah. and he he yeah. caught what i do and on you know either you understand it's out of focus or you or you don't you know. I mean, what are yeah, the, that is the, a great intro. As, as mm-hmm. Holly mentioned, you were influenced by certain photographers. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, old... yeah, very much. Yeah. Well, I, when I, I was I was a street photographer, you know, when I got to New York, I considered myself, and the street photography would be like Robert Frank did the Americans, Diane Arbus who shot uh, you know people on the street and then went to their actual homes to shoot them, uh, Gary Winogrand, Lee Friedlander. There was a whole whole uh, school of street photography where I, I would see myself as like a guy that's instead of like, you know, rock and roll stars running around with a guitar, I was running around with a camera and I was running around the streets taking pictures of whatever I wanted to and whoever I wanted to. 
and that was my world. And so um, the book that I looked at of street photography, mostly daytime street photography, you know, they'd walk down the Fifth Avenue and take pictures of people or walk down, you know, uh, various parts of the city. Well, I, when I was at CBGB's, this book had just come out by a photographer named Brassai, who, of course, you know, he, he had another name, Julia Laz or something, and, and he came up with a cool name, Brassai, called himself Brassai. And um, in the 1920s, he was photographing in Paris, and uh, and he was photographing at night, street kind of these photographs at night. And I looked at this book in the 1970s, that he actually the secret Paris of the thirties is what it was. So in the seventies, I was looking at these pictures of the thirties that had just come out and going like, I bet I could do that here. Of course, that was 40 years prior to what I did in 1976. Now it's 40 years back what I did, you know, from 76 to 2016. But I, I was the Brassai was the guy that I was trying to, you know, incorporate into my pictures. I thought he's, this is a cool guy. He was photographing all the um, surrealists in Paris, and he's contemporary yeah, with Picasso yeah. and everybody else. And so he was um, he, he was the go-to guy that I, I had that book. I'd sit and look at it in Burger King in the morning before I went to work. Uh. I'd go down to CBGB's <laughs> at night, and I would go like, wow, you know, like, like you hear a record, and you go like, I'm going to put that in my song. You know, I'm going to steal that riff. Well, I kind of stole his riff to some degree to do the punk thing. Of, which was mm-hmm. you know kind of imitating incorporating what he was doing in the 1930s in Paris. Wow. So yeah. what what yeah. camera did you shoot with uh, on? Did you have a Leica? Did Leica, you, remember- I, you know, all street photographers back then were using Leicas, and I was using a Leica, and um, mm-hmm. not a Leica Rolling Stone. I like Leica Rolling Stone, but no, it was a Leica, and uh, it's a rangefinder camera that made it easy to take pictures quickly on the street when you were walking down in one direction and the people you were taking pictures of were walking towards you in the other direction and you, right. you know, stop them with a very fast shutter speed and kind of get them in interesting, interesting juxtapositions. And, um, and so, yeah, I was using a Leica and that actually worked really well down on the Bowery because I could hold it steady. It didn't, it, I don't want to get nerdy and photo like, but you know, basically it, meant it was a camera that you could hold steadier than a single lens reflex. Um, oh. And so I was shooting at quarter of a second, which would be like, zzz, so people would have to, and I would have to stand still for zzz, that much time, which is why uh-huh. sometimes the photographs, uh, people would move sometimes. They'd go like, they didn't think I, they thought I was using a flash. And then they'd go like, why don't you, well, your flash didn't go off. And I'd go like, I don't have a flash. Because I was trying this uh-huh. whole thing out. How do you shoot lighting the people up by the street lights on the Bowery, which were fairly bright, uh-huh. shoot it a quarter of a second. And I was pretty good at holding myself steady. I didn't have a tripod or anything. I just had a, enough gear in me to like be able to hold steady. And then, you know, like the picture of Patty Smith, it's, you know, it's like, can she hold steady for a quarter of a second? Can I hold steady for a quarter of a second? Uh. If we both do, that's going to be a great picture. <laughs> and she got it. She, like, just did that, you know, thing with her hand underneath to the side of her face. And uh, and I just prayed that I didn't shake the camera and that she didn't move. And um, and I did that with a lot of those pictures, you know. You were taking a gamble, but it was worth a gamble worth taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, know, you gamble that quick, you're going to get a picture. You know, I want to say real quick, yeah, no, no, absolutely. You never know what you're going to get. I want to say real quick, if you want to listen to the show afterwards, it will be available on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe. 
Um, and there is a chat room open, and I do want to give the number out real quick. If anyone wants to call in, it's 347-677-1036, and uh, David Godless, and we're going to go by Godless today. His new book, <laughs> History is Made at Night. It's Hello? 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 Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm still here. You're still here. She's not. David. Yes, so, how are you I doing, mean, Spencer? Okay. Hey, my, one of my faves in my life, David. You know that. Thank you, Spencer. And, uh, it's an honor to the, be on the show. Oh, listen, uh, it's great to have you on. And uh, I noticed you took these outrageous, I mean, there's so many outrageous photographs of the book. And, you know, yeah, you thought about not only shooting people, but on the walls and graffiti. Mm-hmm. All these different. That's interesting too, you know. I, I was, I was, just, I was always looking for something to make an interesting picture out of, and at the same time, not leave stuff out that happened there, you know. Right. The bathroom, right? I mean, you know, the exactly, CGTV the bathroom. Classic, the classic bathroom. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I even like the shot you have of Talking Heads waiting, waiting to go on stage. You see. Oh, that ba- backstage. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, okay. we're I'm talking how... I don't know what happened. It was so weird. Oh. I was talking. I could still hear you guys. We're yeah. still here. I'm sorry, we're still here. Up, but yeah, I could still hear So we're hear just talking everyone. about Hollywood. We're talking about backstage shot. Go ahead, David, about that. Yeah, the, yeah you know, I'm I, sorry. I, I was always looking for what you know the mm-hmm. well, part the particulars of that club because that club, like I said, had things other clubs didn't have. But at the same time, you know, you had that view to the backstage and you're waiting for the band. And I'm going like, well, I could be taking pictures of the band on stage, but I should take a picture of this. This looks really cool, you know? And and that was just my thing. I was a photographer, you know? I was like, uh, it wasn't just waiting for the band to come on. I was waiting for the in-between moments and all the things that looked interesting to me about that club. So, yeah, yeah that was one of those that was kind of, a you know, an afterthought almost, you, you, the the picture that I wasn't there to take, but that I took, but then I became enamored of it over the years. I was like, that's a really, I like that. That that's a, I'm glad I did take that. You know, because yeah. I could have not that's taken it. I could have just gone, yeah. oh, that looks good, but what the heck. Right. But, you know, it, it tells us a little bit of a story, right? I mean, you uh-huh. know, if you want to know, the club's not there anymore. You can't go back and find out what it was like to stand backstage and see, wait for the band to come on. Um the bathroom was another one of those things, you know. I mean, you, you go you go down to the because it wasn't like the the bathrooms were legendary back then. <laughs> but I was I was I, I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, you know, I should really take a picture of this, <laughs> you know. And then like years later, when they did that show at the uh, Metropolitan Museum, right, the uh, punk couture show. Oh yeah. Uh, uh-huh. They had to call me up for pictures of the bathroom. They were wow. like, do you oh, have wow. pictures of the bathroom? Because we want to recreate the CBGB bathroom, but yeah, we need exactly. pictures. And I was yeah. like, well, I, it's not like I photograph the bathroom every night. I, one night it occurred to me <laughs> I should be taking pictures of the bathroom, and I do oh, have those. Funny. And then they they recreated the bathroom at the Metropolitan Museum of Art from my pictures. And it was like an wow. exact oh, reproduction. Funny. I mean, like that, my picture. I, I went to that show. I saw it, yeah. David. I mean, I saw the bathroom, but I didn't realize you were the reference to that. It, it was not even a – it was like exactly whatever wow. night I took that picture, wow. that bathroom is ex- – if you see my picture, it's this, everything that was in the graffiti was in my picture. You know, it's not like my picture. It was the bathroom that particular night. So it's just funny to me. Like I, when I went up there and I wanted to take a picture at the Met of the bathroom made from my picture – they wouldn't yeah. let me take a picture of it. They said, no pictures. What? <laughs> I said, wait a minute. 
this is a bathroom made from my <laughs> picture that I can't funny. take a picture you can't of. Take the That's funny. And how, uh, Holly, I'm going to tell you that bathroom looked exactly, Holly, it looked exactly uh-huh. like, because I like was the in CBGB's. Look exactly like the the, the bathroom of CBG. It was an amazing setup. You would have died. It was incredible. Yeah, the the only thing they were missing was a little more water on the floor. <laughs> oh, it wasn't wet yeah, enough for me. A little more water on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I agree. You know, <laughs> there weren't enough puddles to jump over. Oh God, that's funny. Godless, I wanted to say to you, a lot of them, a lot of the pictures in the book are you kind of like a you have to be there moment, like you were mm-hmm. talking about. There are things that. If you weren't there to see it, then you just didn't understand. There were a lot of other things that went on that you can feel from the photograph because you're obviously the photographer. You were there. You were in the moment. Mm-hmm. You knew what it felt like, what the weather was like, you know, that, that yeah, snow that yeah, was I mean, on the side of the face when you took a picture, you know. It's like, Wow. I think that's what that, – there's a lot of that, you know, in those pictures that I try. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, if I was – when I was doing them, I would be like having a conversation with you. Like I'm having a conversation with you right now, and I'm sitting mm-hmm. at the bar, and we're having a conversation. You know, and we're at CBGB's. It's like 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, you know. And we're having a really good conversation, and then I would – all of a sudden it would occur to me in the middle of the conversation. I'd go, wow, this would be a really good picture. I'm going to say, can we stop the conversation for a minute, and I'll take a picture, and then mm-hmm. we'll go back. And that's what I do. You know, the I mean, Alex Chilton I mean, picture in there is one of those. Alex just looked at me and he said, let's walk out on the street and take a picture. We took a picture and we came back and we went right back to the same conversation. That's amazing. I mean, there is yeah. a shot in here. You know, what Holly brought up is really interesting and right. When I was at CBGB's and I look at the book, uh, or anybody who hasn't been to CBGB's Takes and would look at the book, just what Holly's saying, you get a feel – of the club through your book. If you don't know about it, you know that this is a confined area. You know, it's very small. You get the feeling. Uh, that's really great. I mean, you've got a shot here, actually, of with the bar and the tables. No one's mm. really there. But it's incredible. Kind of almost goes across the double page, but not quite. But it's yeah. it's a beautiful shot of the club. If nobody, you'll see that shot, and all of a sudden you say, whoa, you know what I mean? You're You're right there with these other pictures, you know? But that's that, you know what that is that shot that's me what? that that's me you know there it's not like I set up a like I got a great idea we'll take a picture of the, the oh, whole you didn't club set from it this up. End. I know that. no I bet <laughs> I'm 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 actually like you know taking my last stop at the bathroom before going home oh, and really? coming up wow. and then I'm coming up the steps wow. from CB's and, and I stand there and I go like you know mm-hmm. everybody's gone from here they're all down at the front. And that's I'm like, great. that's a yeah, picture. That's okay, that's a picture. I got to take that. That is. That but is, but yeah. I, I got to tell you a funny thing about that picture. There's, it was in a book called Blank Generation Revisited, and mm-hmm. a girl who used to hang out at CBGBs came up to me when that book came out and said, "You took the best picture of me ever in that book." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, really?" And then she opened up to that picture, and. That you can't. I'm going like you can't possibly. I wouldn't even know she's in it. She must be like at the <laughs> other end of the club, in you know, like a dot at the other end of the club. She goes, "Oh no, wow. that's the best picture of me anybody ever took." I'm like, "Okay." Oh, that's. Funny. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's funny. That's if you true. think so, <laughs> it looks like a big empty club to me. I mean, you've got a lot of people. The way. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to sure. say a lot of people the way they react to your photos. And they and they have memories of their own that they want to bring into those photos are things that you yourself 
then can now understand a lot of everybody has different perceptions like how it felt inside and Mm -hmm. what we were talking about. And, you know, what I wanted to ask you about with the photos that are in the book, there's so many, like, amazing moments here. Are there any moments that you want to share with our listeners that you took of photos that um, maybe there's a little background info on it that you went through, like your well, last the one I was talking about the bathroom and stuff? Yeah, the Alex Chilton one, for for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, the the one it's out out on the street on the mid, uh, that, that whatever that thing that runs down the middle of the Bowery is, and uh-huh. um, you know, on that one, Alex, uh, you know, I used to talk with Alex. I, um, a lot about photography because he was friends with the photographer William Eggleston, who's pretty big now, you know, and back then was just starting to come on the scene and was out of Memphis and the first guy to take color photos. But anyway, um, I talked to Alex. What I'm trying to say is, I guess, that Alex knew a lot about photography by being friends with this photographer. And so he sort of got what I was doing by shooting at slow speeds and everything. And I think mm-hmm. he was trying, without telling me, to get like, to get a photo for a 45 he had coming up, the song, the, the song oh, Bangkok wow. that he was doing mm-hmm. on Orc, well, not on Orc Records, but one of those offshoot of Orc Records. But he, but we tried a couple of nights. He would say, well, let's take a picture here. I know how you do this. He, let's take a picture over in this part of the bar. We'll do it without light. And let's get over here. We'll do this without light. And I'd come back the next couple of days later and he'd go, how did they come out? I go, I don't know. We didn't really get it. But the night that we took that picture, like I said, we had a conversation and then he said, let's go out in the middle of the median strip of the Bowery. And we walked out there, and it was raining. And we stood out there in the rain. And, um, you know, I, hadn't re- I wasn't thinking about it at the time because I always, like I said, I like when rain's on the street. It kind of shines up the streets. That's what they used to do in Hollywood to make film noirs look like that. And I was shooting uh-huh. black and white, so it was very noirish. But if you look at that picture, there's like an ambulance coming towards us with its siren, uh-huh. like its light flashing. Uh-huh. And um, and but you got to remember back in the day, I'm not looking at an LCD screen after I take the picture. I take the picture, I put it in a, a roll of film in my pocket. I go home. Next day, I develop the film, and then I look at the film, and I'm like, "What the heck is on this film?" And uh, and it was a drop of rain had landed on the lens, wow. and I didn't realize it because I wasn't, I didn't see it in the viewfinder, and um, but that drop of rain when I saw it on the negative. I was going, wow, it didn't land on his face, so you can still see his face, but it's made the picture really interesting. And that ambulance light is kind of filtered through the drop of rain, and the drop of rain that landed in just the right place was like such a stroke of luck that I couldn't possibly have anticipated. Wow. And I went back the next day and the next night, and Alex goes, how did they come out? And I go, like, we got it. Forget it. (laughs) This was great. You can't believe what happened. And, you know, I, I kind of bank on some of those lucky breaks, or chance mm-hmm. when I take pictures, I, I kind of, I go like either it's going to maybe happen or it's not going to happen, you know, but you got to be open to that stuff. And, you know, the Patty picture was, you know, just tapping her on the shoulder. Um, she was in the middle of a conversation. You can see the girl on the left, which I still don't know who that girl is. Mm-hmm. And um, they were having a conversation and I said, do you mind if I take a picture of you? And she, I think she was in a break, but she was playing that night in break between sets because everybody would go out on the street to hang out in between the set. And, um, and I just tapped her on the shoulder and she, she did that thing with her hand that, that she does in that photograph right. that um, yeah. I didn't, I don't think I, I still am never confirmed it, but I think it's 
resembles a Dorothea Lang picture of the migrant worker, migrant mm-hmm. worker woman that 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 that's a pretty famous picture in the history of photography. Mm-hmm. And I've always mm-hmm. wondered whether she was, you know, practicing that look, or oh, whether she wow. just put her fingers and hands up to her face in a way that, you know, but she did that very decidedly for me. And mm-hmm. we, you know, I like to think that we had like a quarter second moment together. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, there there are a lot of pictures sort of like that. So there's the one of Dee Dee and Joey out on yeah. the street. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that they're one. pointing to me and mm-hmm. they look very happy, right? When yeah. Dee Dee was doing a book, and I think it was, I don't remember whether it was called Poison Heart. It later got a renamed when it, the American edition came out, but it was a British edition at first. And um, him, Didi and um, the girl that was the head of the Ramones fan club, international fan club, Veronica Kaufman. And Veronica, you know, got some of the pictures from me and, and other people that, that was going to go in Didi's book. And then she got back to me to tell me, oh, Didi and Joey, you know, saw that picture and that's going to be the cover of the book. And so it was the cover of that edition. And they told the reason she told me was that both Didi and Joey remember that that was a really great night. Well, and I'm like, awesome. how would I know that? You know, it was just a moment for them. but, but, you know, for them, forever. that was a great memory mm-hmm. of that particular night. And other people must have taken picture that pictures that night that they never saw. And here came mine mm-hmm. along. Uh, You know, the the world of photography is a strange little world. And um, let me think what other pictures. Name me a picture, I'll tell you. I like the Ramones, the Ramones shot on the stage. Oh, yeah. That That was a great one. You have a couple Mm -hmm. of them with uh, Johnny bending over, and you've got, Mm -hmm. Edie was always uh, iconic in the photograph that I used. If I used photographs, Edie was the one I saw that was really the one. Right. Yeah, and, and you can uh, never go wrong with the Ramones. They oh, were the no. best and the most fun to photograph, and I photographed them so many times. I mean, you know, they'd play two sets a night, three, mm-hmm. four nights a weekend, wow. and I would shoot, you know, almost every set. Uh, and and, wow. and they were you couldn't go wrong with them. And, and then that CBGB's where, you, where I had all access to wherever I wanted to shoot from, like the yeah. one of Joey that's kind of a vertical of him with the microphone stand. Where at CBGB's you could be like three inches from the stage, and the stage was maybe, you know, half a foot tall or something like that. The one I was thinking of that, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead, David. The other one is is the the Manitoba picture in front of CBGB's. You know, Manitoba and his girlfriend Jody. That's a great um, shot. That's a great. Which I've got a good story for that one, because um, I got. I, I went to CBGB's. One of the first times I went to CBGB's, that was like 76. And um, I got a phone call the next day. And it was like, hello, you godless. And I, yeah. He goes, did you, leave, did you lose your wallet at CBGB's last night? This is my bad Manitoba impression. Did you lose your wallet at CBGB's last night? And I was like, um, you know, yeah, I did. And he goes, well, come down tonight. I'll, I, I, have, I found it. I'll give it back to you. Wow. And so I went and I'm thinking like this punk club where like they find my wallet and return it. I mean, I've been living in Boston <laughs> before that where I'd been robbed so many times, like moved to New York because I didn't want to be robbed. And um, <laughs> and so I uh, and so I went down that night to, and he gave me his wallet and he gave me my wallet. And, you know, he hates when I'd say that there was that everything was still in it. He didn't take anything. And, but I, as, oh, you know, funny. all I could do is like a, you know, a, a, a kind of broke 
hardworking, you know, 25-year-old was uh, I'll, I, 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 as a favor back, a return for you finding my wallet. I would love to do a picture of you, and that's the picture I did. Oh, that's a great and picture. It, it very quickly ran in Cream Magazine and kind wow. of became iconic over the years. Yeah, talk, and, tell, oh, talking wow. about Cream, you have a picture of Lester Bangs. I saw. Lester Bangs, of course. How could I not have a picture of Lester Bangs? Lester in a Bangs punk, punk and, Magazine and you, T-shirt. I got to bring something up on the show because I'm being interviewed in this Cream upcoming movie, and they want. Oh yeah. Me, I, I, I got you involved with that, which I hope right. well, you'll be interviewed too. With uh, yeah, I donated. I brought, yeah, that's going to be getting my Cream movie. mug. Yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> my Cream coffee mug. I'm waiting for that to come. So I can have my coffee and my Cream coffee mug. I want a T-shirt. Mm. You're getting one, Holly. I told you. A boy a howdy. Boy howdy. I know. Right. I want that. You know, you know what picture really, really I like. Um, I like them all, but the one that was really fun for me was the Linda Lynch lunch. Is it lunch or oh, Lydia lunch? You? Lydia lunch. That Lydia one. Lunch. Oh, in the loft. That one. Yeah, that's with a great. Disneyland t- sweatshirt on. That was a great <laughs> shirt. Is that great? Right? It's, yeah, it's fashion work week here in New York today. Next to the next to the wall with the Japanese writing in the window, it's just really got a lot going <laughs> that on. That was like I still pass where that loft was because it was right near um, Delancey and Allen Street. And okay. there's another. Mm-hmm. I was down there shooting Teenage yeah. Jesus, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was with um, Terry York uh, and Charles Ball, who I photographed. This might have been the same night that that I photographed them on Allen Street. For it's on the cover of the Numero box set about Ork Records. And that's another mm-hmm. whole piece of business to go into because Terry Ork was pretty integral in the scene. And yeah, um, right. but he was down there with me that night because they were trying to sign Lydia Lunch and her band Teenage Jesus, and um, and Lydia was you know busy trying to abuse me while I was taking her picture. Whatever. That was a funny. Lydia that has a, that personality. That's she does. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She, she just and I and I. See, you know, she has you, that personality. Disneyland, yeah. the happiest place on earth. I love. It. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, David, and, I got to mention a shot that was real heavy. I mean, you got a shot that's a knockout here with Steve Bader's and Divine. Tell me about oh, that shot. That was at the oh, um, yeah, Blitz benefit. Great. That was like the final night of the Blitz benefit. Wow. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, that, that was just so great that she that she you know Divine came on. That yeah. night, I, there was a series of great guests from John Belushi to everyone else that came there for for when wow. Johnny Blitz was um, in a fight and injured and they were trying to raise money. And it was like three or – I think the Ramones played one of those nights. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the, that, was a, that was a fabulous night. What can I say? I mean, you know, um, again, Steve Bader's, uh, you know, was always great in pictures. You know, there's there's a shot in there of Stiv with a beer mug. Yeah. With, you know, and because I was shooting every night without a flash and, you know, making it my, you know, I don't know whether people were annoyed already with me shooting without a flash. But at some point I was sick of myself and I was like, I'm going to shoot with a flash for one night. Damn it. You know, everybody else is shooting with flash. I'm going to shoot, do, do, do an ugly contest and make everybody ugly. You know, I'm going to shoot... With a flash from below, and aim the flash up so that the bad shadows go off their nose, and that they and they look really punk because the hair gets the shadow goes up in the air, and um 
And so I told everybody that night, I'm doing an ugly con. They said, what do you have a flash for tonight? I said, I'm just, for one <laughs> night, I'm, I'm anti-me, okay? And yeah. and, uh, and there are two pictures in the book I took that night. And the one that won the contest was Stiv's with the beer oh, mug. No. The other one is um, of Lenny K. That oh. ended up being yeah, the cover of his one. 45, uh, when he did a 45 under the name Link Cromwell for Orc Records. Mm-hmm. He used that picture that night. So contrary you know, to public you know belief, yeah. You have another one in here, and it's funny you talked about Johnny Blitz because there is a picture here. It's on page 135 that is just mm-hmm. amazing to me that you caught the smoke. It's the one of the two of them. They're smoking cigarettes. Two of them have cigarettes in their mouth, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have a cigarette. Yeah, right. that's a really great picture. The, Thank just you. the way it's all illuminated. Yeah. Yeah, the they, they, everyone, yeah, because sometimes people would hold candles up to, to light the pictures up. Uh-huh. You know, the, when people once understood, once they understood what I was doing, they'd get kind of creative, sure. as people do late at night. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I think that one has, I think one of the guys in there is a Hell's Angel. I'm not sure. Oh, really? But, yeah. You know, because it was, CB's was a Hell's Angel spy. So. You've, got, mm-hmm. you've got a shot here of the Runaways, which I, I enjoy. The Runaways, yeah. With Joan That's Jett, a great one. I was like, no, it's funny, I told Marilyn, I don't really know about the book, I told Mary, uh, Marilyn Kenny Laguna, the managers, who's a mm-hmm. friend's friends of mine i told him you got to get this book there's a shot of joan in it and it's like um that that shot is interesting because i look at that shot and that's around the time before when kenny and merrill met joan but it's like it's really funny i mean when you look at the shot it's like a i, I don't know how to describe this it's, su- it's such a legendary shot she, they're she's very so young. young right yeah she's and so she young it's young. almost like her sneakers are yeah. too big for her feet she's you know right. she's <laughs> such a ramones fan She's such a Ramones fan in that picture. Yeah, so every, I have true. other shots from that night where, you know, it's just her on stage, and she's clearly wearing this Ramones T-shirt. And many, many, many years later, right after Joey died, I think it was, um, she came on the stage of Seabees for a, a kind of a Joey benefit show of some sort or a Joey memory show. I can't remember what yeah. it was. And I was thinking of that, those pictures of the Runaways and the same girl – you know, all these years later, still doing it on the same yeah. stage, yeah. you know, and still a big Ramones fan. And, um, yeah, I think they were on That's tour amazing. with the Ramones around then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I'm pretty nice. sure that they, 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 they you know, because people would play Seabees, but they'd also play like the Palladium sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then come do a show, you know, like they'd be the opening act thing. at the Palladium on 14th mm-hmm. Street. And then, or one night I remember, and I don't, I don't think, I didn't put the picture in, but, um, Patty was playing. This, the, Patty was playing the Palladium, uh, and it was like May, and she invited everybody at the Palladium on 14th Street to come down to CBGB's. She goes, "We're all going down to CBGB's to do a Bob Dylan uh, because it's Bob Dylan's birthday tonight, and we're going to do a Bob Dylan show. So come on, like, like you know, you couldn't fit, you know, a tenth of the people from the Palladium into CBGB's, but she did do a Bob Dylan show down at CBGB's the same night she did a show at the Palladium." You know what I wanted to ask oh, you, David? This is really important. You just brought up a very important thing. Uh, 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 the shots that were not in the book. This must have been heavy to choose the shots for the book. Jeez, you must have a lot of shots in, that yeah. weren't in the book. Right? Yeah. There, there's, there's, you know, it wasn't as agonizing as you'd think because I really? sort of, you know, I, I mean, I did the Kickstarter to run the book, and then I sort of knew what about 80% of the book would be, and then I wanted to, like, filter through some stuff I'd never printed and, come up with yeah. the other 20%. But 
even so some that didn't make the cut i you know there's there's one that that i really wish i could have squeezed in there of of helen wheels i oh, wow. I, I loved helen mm-hmm. wheels and and i oh. had a really great shot of her but it's just you know there's only just so much you can i mean i already squeezed right. more pictures in than i thought i should and um and then everything has to sort of fit in with each other so that the because it, it was more of a photo book than a rock and roll book so it 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 had to be tight you know i didn't have to, well, i couldn't this, have any loose you know, ends I, we to have a lot of books, Holly and I, on our show, and I get these books, and Holly gets the books. But I noticed something, and, and probably Holly would, might agree with me. A lot of these books are forced pagination. In other words, some, and I don't want to mention names, but they're great photographers right. put out these books, and a lot of these pictures aren't that great, but, and, but they put in the great pictures too. So it's not that good because you, you pass over right. your eye. Which, but you have edited your book very well. I just want to tell you that. Your your photographs in this book, they're all really good. And a lot of photographers, mm-hmm. when they do photo books, they don't get it, some of them. I'm not they saying cherry pick. No, I thank yeah. you because I, it was my goal yeah. to make a, a, mm-hmm. a book that was really tightly edited. And I had yeah. advisors mm-hmm. along the way that, you know, were, you know, on my back, even though I made the final decisions. That you know you've got to you can't you know you you know there, there are people that wanted to be in the book and they're like I don't understand why my opinion I said because everything had to be a great photo you know I love you right, but right. really I don't want people telling me that this book is full of crappy pictures because I had to get somebody's picture in you know so some mm-hmm. people are left out because they I didn't have a good enough picture of them to, well, to you make know, the I, cut going back. But going back to my conversation with Elliot Landy, Elliot told me a lot of things about photography, mm-hmm. uh, and he said one thing. And he always had good, for instance, for the band, you know, the group, the band. He right, always had of great. He had a lot of great shots on the sheet, but he said something. He said, you know, he said, Spencer, there's a lot of great shots on the sheet, but then you have the one shot, the great, and you know what I'm talking about. You yeah, have the absolutely. great shot, and and mm-hmm. you and you, and that's where you go for, and you you. It looks like all your shots have been well, you know, they're all well taken. You know, what I mean, that's. I was thank you because I I really work very hard. And I mean, I literally agonize because then you have to make, you know, you have to lay them out and, and, yeah. and, and sequence them from beginning to end. And if you're having them facing page, some of them have to match to the other ones. Right. And, right. and you know, it's almost like putting a, a, a jigsaw puzzle together. This one can go here. Oh, that one sure. can go there. And in, and um, and I literally went down a rabbit hole for mm-hmm. about six weeks doing that and somebody said yeah, I mean, walk away from it and and don't look at it for a week judith and, and i did yeah, a book called 545s and you know it the mm-hmm. book is our book is constructed layout page to page so it's what you're talking about so it's kind of it's not people have to realize it's not easy because you've got to match the photograph with the other photograph and you may right. have to put out a photograph really take out a photograph because you don't have right so layout yeah, in, in, it's really difficult. in my book there was a moment where I there's, there's a picture towards the back, and it's, it's the um, cat on the pinball machine and the dog taking a oh, dog, that's right. uh-huh. which, which of course that's own <laughs> story because you know, um, but that that combination came to me very late. I was like, oh, those two should be together. But um, when I took the picture of the dog, you know, down down near the basement, um, somebody once called me up and they were like, you know, because that picture, I was like, oh, I'm might as well take this picture. And then um, 
years later, someone was like, you know, everybody, they're doing a documentary, and they go like, you know, everybody talks about the dog going to the bathroom at CBGB. Oh, you wouldn't have a picture funny. of that. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's a funny thing you should call because you got the right guy. But um, I, back to the so design. Funny. On the design, um, I got to credit my designer, Laura Lindgren, who I, you know, when I did this book and it was an independent project, I had a very, mm-hmm. uh, I, I got a very good recommendation to her. And she was willing to take it on. And she designs everything from catalogs for the Metropolitan Museum of Art to catalogs for, you know, gallery shows at galleries. And she fit me into her very tight schedule. And she did do – it helped me out with a lot of those pairings and and the the way that it was laid out with some double-page spreads and some across – pictures across from each other. She – kind of put together a semi uh, grouping and then I worked off of that and the main thing was to be able to get from the front to the back without getting bored and without you know um, yeah it, it just it just had to be a tight edit and she really helped me out she was the the, the number one reason this book looks so good wow. yeah you know I had, I had a yep. I wanted to ask him a really quick question about two okay. things first is the Blondie pictures you have in here are amazing. And then the Andy Warhol. There had to be an Andy Warhol, of course, obviously, in this book. But, <laughs> he was, um, yeah, he was, he was down know, there to see the mumps. Oh, really? Oh, really? You know, because Lux, uh, let, let, um, what's his name, um, who was in the mumps? Um, Lance Loud, uh-huh. who was in American Family, that documentary show that was on public television back then. Mm-hmm. Lance Loud was the lead singer of the mumps. So and and Christian Hoffman, who's on the cover of the book, also was in the Mumps. And I think J.D. Dougherty at one point was in the Mumps. He was the drummer for the Mumps, and Patty stole him. But um, uh-huh. they they were down there to see. Um, Andy was down there to see the Mumps, and he was and in the darkest part of the club. The Blondie and, pictures are amazing. Yeah, the Blondie. The one on stage is my is you know I don't I even know how one. I took that's that. What I'm yeah, at. that's my favorite. Uh-huh. One of my favorites. That's the Punk magazine short. benefit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 what's great about that one um, is she's uh, you know I, I I do remember that night because it was the Punk Magazine benefit show, and I do remember her doing um, the Ramon song Oh I Love Her So with when this starts off with you know I met him at the Burger King or I met her at the Burger King she did a great version I always thought that's what she was doing in that song and then at one point I posted it on Facebook and Chris Stein. Um, yeah. Quickly got Great back to me. It was show. like, yeah, and he's uh-huh. sitting on the ground in, on the stage in that shot, and he <laughs> said, "I'm playing the slide guitar, so we are definitely doing Little Red Rooster." Oh, oh that's wow. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a great one of Chris here with the New York Post that you um, yeah, right. did. Yeah. Yeah. That which is <laughs> very that's very crazy funny. New York Post that headline, headline is great. Know. That headline is great. That headline is great. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, Amin still in coma or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idi Amin back then was a big. Well, I dictator. also want to mention on top of that, you also had a great shot of Arturo. I, w- I don't want to leave. Oh yeah, Arturo. Arturo Shug with the arrow shirt. That's a great mm-hmm. shot. Of mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that arrow shirt. Did, did you know that story about the girl that came to the Ramon show in the no. arrow shirt? No. You know the Ramones totally. opening at um, at the Queens Museum, and uh, Sandra Schulman told mm-hmm. me, who was friends with Arturo, you know, right. and um, she 
And when we were at the opening, she says, there's a girl here wearing the same Arrow shirt Arturo bought on 14th Street. <laughs> and she was like from some, I forget where she was from, like Eastern Europe somewhere. And probably the shirt came from Eastern Europe somewhere because it ended up on, at, at a place on 14th Street on sale. And Arturo bought it. And they wow. used the arrows in the shirt to incorporate into his logo. So mm-hmm. kind of became historic. And that, but he oh, would walk I around see, in that I shirt. In, in my picture, it's in black and white, but in oh, red, white and blue shirt. And um, But Sandra took a picture of the girl at the Ramones opening wearing that arrow shirt, and she didn't know anything about it. I mean, I, that wow. sounds crazy to me. Right? She didn't know it was even incredible. in the Ramones logo. And there were these big she, – here she is at the <laughs> Ramones show. That's but yeah, that's story. Arturo with shirt, which I thought, you know, it, 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 I don't, I don't know if I knew that night that I was taking a picture of Arturo in that Ramones arrow shirt because I don't think I knew about it back then that it was from there. But you know, once I was doing the book, and in fact, when I I went back to the designer and I said we have to change the caption to that one because I had just had it Arturo Vega nineteen seventy whatever it is, and. I said when I was doing the copy editing, I said it has. We have to mention the arrow shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's right. And there's no, another one of Arturo with that. Tammy, that girl Tammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hanging mm-hmm. out. Yeah, Arturo. We miss Arturo. Oh, we miss him a, a great deal. Arturo. Oh yeah. You know. And uh, uh, I, a... I, are you doing any more uh, book signings, by the way, after tomorrow night? Are there yeah. any? We well, there will be, but I'm not. I don't have one set up. I'll, you know, right, right yet. There, there, I'm in the yeah. process of. So, uh, go to my website, godless.com, G-O-D-L-I-S, and you shall find out. And um, we're moving the book into more bookstores, and there's Good. a big party here tomorrow night, Saturday. Oh, it's night. gonna be great. I'm looking forward it to is. it. It is. Agnes, Agnes B is like the best. I mean, she's seeing it back and stuff I've been doing and I actually shoot you know the, the openings at these galleries except tomorrow I won't be because it's my opening and um, yeah. we have some nice large prints 30 by 40 silver prints they're fabulous you know they're wow. from these little wow. 35 millimeter negatives so a lot of the pictures that you're talking about the, the crowd shot uh, is going to be 30 by 40 the Debbie wow. on stage shot is going to be 30 by 40 the patty wow. On Bowery's 30 by 40, the uh, the cover of the book, the No Wave Punks on the Car, that's another yep. good story. Love the cover. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that shot, which was, I didn't do anything. I walked out the door and they were there, you know. They were all kind of blasé hanging out, these No Wave Punks. The No Wave scene started happening. You know, three chords was too many for them. They were, they wanted two. And, uh, and so that picture... When it first got published, the guy on the left, nobody knew. And then there's like seven or eight people in that picture. So it becomes yeah. Christian Hoffman from the Mumps, um, Sil- Diego Cortez, who was a curator and started the Mud Club, um, Anya Phillips, who also started the Mud Club with him and was James Chance's manager, et cetera, Lydia Lunch sitting on the car. Um, so left to right, there were you know, a number of important people, James Chance, um, Jim Scalavunos, who is now in the um, in, in Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds, but back then was in Teenage Jesus. Bradley Field, who was in Teenage Jesus. Liz Seidman. So that's the whole stretch. But every time you picture would get published, it would go unidentified because nobody knew who the first guy was. And go like, oh, why does he have to be at the beginning of the run? You know, unidentified, <laughs> unidentified. And so eventually, somebody said to me, you know, I think, um, I think that guy is a friend of Thurston Moore's. 
from Sonic wow. Youth. Mm-hmm. And I went like, oh, and I went down to see, see Sonic Youth at CBGB's, and I was like, I asked Thurston, um, do, do, do you know that guy? You know my punk no wave picture, the punks on the car? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, the, the, the guy on the left? He goes, yeah, I went to high school with him. That was my high school friend. We used to go down to CBG. We drive from Connecticut and go to CBGB's together. He goes, but he hated those bands. He, she, she goes, he goes, I, I should have been in that picture, not him. He hated those bands. <laughs> he, said, he, he said, you know, like, I'm probably standing right next to you, you know? And then... Um, he said, but in the background, in the left-hand side in the background, is Thurston Moore's uh, Volkswagen Oh, wow. <laughs> parked on the street behind that all is, those people. That is cool. So oh, now we know who he is. And by the way, Thurston Moore, uh, David and Holly, is going to be interviewed in the Creep mm-hmm. movie, too. You know, Thurston's going to be interviewed oh, cool. in the Creep film. You know? Yeah. That'll be awesome. That'll be really cool. Yeah, so the guy's name for the record is Harold Paris. Oh. Unidentified yeah. is now Harold okay. Paris. Really? Yeah. Wow. Got it. Former friend you know of Thurston C- Moore. You know the CBGB <laughs> with the um, Dick Montobia and Jody? Mm-hmm. That's a funny picture. That is a yeah, great we, picture. Yeah, we love, love that. And then the great thing about that is that aside from all the stories about it is that um, – Manitoba told me like five years ago, he goes, oh, we got another story mm-hmm. about that picture. I go, what? He goes, um, Jody, uh, he goes, is in is in California in jail for murdering someone. Oh, my what? God. That's what he told me. He says, I sure know how to pick him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Go figure. But that's, you know? that's Richard's taste, you know. That's Richard's taste, you know, David. Yeah, there Richard. you go. We actually redid that picture. With yeah. Zoe, his wife, right? Just Zoe, before right, CB's right. closed, he called me up. He still had the jackets, and he said, wow. "Can we redo that picture with me and Zoe?" And oh, we went down, and really? in digital, yeah, we went down and we, oh, we so you know, cool. it's not, so I mean, how do you redo something that's already that's right, something you did that's great? You go like, oh, I don't know if I can redo this. You know, can you redo that 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 great moment? And I'm doing it digitally now, so I can see what I'm getting and. uh and it wasn't quite going right. And then I said, why don't, instead of you grabbing her ass, why don't you have her grab yours? <laughs> and, That's great. And we tried that. And then for some reason, just the way her hand showed up against his pants and whatever color he was wearing as opposed to whatever color uh-huh. she was wearing, yeah. I said, oh, I think we got it. And he goes, Godless, you're a genius. He looked at it. He goes, you're a genius. <laughs> and I think he's got it up at his bar up at Manitoba's. Really? Redo. Wow. Yeah. Now, was that shot in color or black and white? That's the Originally thing. in black and white. I, I only shot oh. black and white. I, I occasionally shot color, but I wasn't very good at shooting color. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I did shoot television in color. You know, the band mm. television. Really? They wow. had me do a session in 1977. And uh, I mean, the impact. Had, the impact of this book is so wonderful in black and white to me. I mean, I'm yeah. probably, I mean, that's what the whole feeling is. If you're gonna if you're gonna shoot an hero like that, you shoot him black and white, not color, right. right? You don't put color involved in this. And you know it's really interesting too, which I think is really amazing. Uh, the cover of the book, and it's so simple, but as a designer, I got to tell you this: the typeface you picked is really cool because that typeface is of that era. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the feeling of it with the photograph and on a simple black and white cover, not a you know, any pretentious thing going on here. This is really what it is, you know, as a, as a, as a great cover for that genre. I'm just telling you. Thank you. you. I know. mean, I, I was looking for it to be clean, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, 
And originally we were going to go black cover. Mm. And 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 um and then I started to to look at some books that had black covers that were that I had in my collection and realizing they were all smudgy from yeah. people putting their fingers on them over the years. Right. And so I went cuz everybody was like, "Oh, it's a book punk book, it's got to be black." And then once we switched to white, Oh yeah, it all right. came together, and That's and I right. went, you know, right. why? And and um, like you said, you know, it's a designer thing. Laura, who did the the cover, just you know, I said, can we just keep it really clean? Oh, yeah. and the other oh, thing no. is, you know, it's really great. You, your uh, opening papers to the book or the contact sheets. That's another thing. Yeah, those are great contact sheets in the front and the back of the book on the inner panel mm-hmm. of the inner. You Thank you. It, Those are great. And again, mm-hmm. Laura had done a book with um, the the uh, uh, who's the the the, guy, the photographer. I forget which what's his name. Who did a bunch of Marilyn Monroe photographs? You know, the guy who did the photographs on the Misfits. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but Bert so Stern? be it. Bert Stern. I don't. My, I don't think it was Bert Stern. Oh, okay. But. Uh, but well, maybe it was. In any case, she had done a book that because I, I was up at her studio and I saw a book that she had been working on that had contact sheets at the beginning. I said, "Can we do this?" Yeah. She was like, exactly. "Yeah." I was like, "Okay." Once I saw that, I was because I, I almost took the exact same amount of you know three across and three up and down. And I, then, I uh, did a I did a Joan Jett cover with contact sheets. It was totally off the wall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I love I love the whole thing of using contact sheets, David. You know, it's like it's it's a it's a whole other trip. You know, you're seeing a lot of images on it, and, and it's just something about it. But you did it's very it. tactile in in the way that it has the, the the name of the film and the Kodak thing in it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very exactly. it, it, it reminds it, you're looking at the at the at a, at a, at a had a contact sheet, but it reminds you that this is shot on film. Yeah, and exactly. That the film is right numbered on. in that kind of way that also movies are, you know, have the sprockets. All, all of that stuff brings a whole lot of different memories of that era. And, you know, it just reminds me that I was going down there. Somebody said to me the other, was, was you know, we were talking about something, and I was like, you know, I would put in my pockets every night just as many rolls of film as I could fit and still look cool. You know, because I had, oh, I had like my black jeans and my T-shirt, and you know, I didn't want to look like I, I wasn't going to wear walk around with a camera bag and be a nerdy photographer, but I had to be cool. How many can I fit in my pocket and not look like a dope? You know, and still get my money out to pay for my beer, and you know, and and still pen in there so I could write on the rolls what I shot, and then you know, not have too many and still get the met. So it usually came out to like three to four rolls I could squeeze into my pockets. Wow. But it reminds I me that, the that these were films. I love the Timothy Leary that you caught. That's a great oh, picture yeah, that's of Timothy. A great shot, that that yeah. was just one of that. those nights, you know. People would show up and you'd mm-hmm. go like, oh, what's he doing here? And, uh, mm-hmm. and he almost was like ethereal that night. You know, he, I remember taking that picture. I remember it very well because he had people walking with him that were almost holding him up. It was almost like he was on an acid trip, you know. Is he really here? Can he really stand up? Is the air going to blow him away? You know, and 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 you, there's movement that in the background, which you get when you shoot quarter of a second, um, that gives that kind of wheezy feeling, which adds to that picture. But it, it is, I'm like, 
you know, when I'd show these, the funny one, you know, now that I'm thinking of it, the one of Hilly Crystal, who is mm-hmm. the reason I have all these pictures, because Hilly sure. didn't yeah. stop me. There was no quid pro quo about taking pictures, you know, take whatever you want, you know, which is kind of why he has, there's so many good pictures came out of that club. And, um, but there's a picture of him in standing out on the street, you know, obviously monitoring the crowd that's lined up to see Patty Smith on a fairly crowded night. And he's got his um, flannel shirt on, which he always wore. And um, mm-hmm. and when I'd show these pictures to f- people I, that I that were like, what are you? I'd go back and show these pictures to people because people, you know, unless they were hanging out down there, they'd go like, I don't know who these people are you're photographing and what you're doing, you know, and, and what you're wasting your time on. You're a good photographer. What are you taking pictures of these musicians that are crazy musicians? <laughs> and I, I'd play them, I'd play them a record from the, from the Ramones and they go, Oh, you're taking pictures of bad bands. You know, I'm not even taking pictures of bands, you know, and, and then the picture of Hilly would inevitably, people would go like, well, I understand why you have pictures of these punk-looking people. You know, they've got ripped shirts and they're, you know, kind of weird-looking and short hair. But why do you have this guy with a flannel shirt and a beard? You know, and I'd go because he runs the club, and they'd go like, "Well, I don't understand." And I go like, "But oh, I have great. to have a picture." You know, that it would almost be like a checklist, like bartender. Yep, got it. Waitress. Yep, got it. You know, Debbie Harry. Yep, got it. Hilly Crystal. You got to have a picture of Hilly Crystal. Yeah, cool. Hilly, yeah. Yeah, and and, hey, and listen, but people would not have understand. Hey, listen, Should oh. we bring? Do you want to? Do you want to take a caller, David? Or Godless? I'm ready. So I'm going to call you yeah. Godless. You can call me whatever you want. I'm, I'm I answer to both. <laughs> Hopefully, it's Yvonne. Yvonne, is that you? This if is Cosmo. Cosmo, how are you? Hey, hey, how are you, Spencer? How are wow. you? Wow, got you on the show. Thank God you called. I love you, man. Oh, love you, love you all. Come on. So David's got this great shot of you in his book, uh, Cosmo. Really? Yeah. Oh, how cool. How cool. Yeah. Thank you. you. I'm so glad. Hey, Cosmo. David, the light man. The light man, David. You had the shot of the light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got him like you were almost turning on. You were pretending to turn it on, on and off the electricity. Wherever that electrical uh, switch was. Am I wearing a jacket by the by the power box? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I remember the shot. I remember. And the I shot. believe we can credit Cosmo with all the great lighting and all the photographs on That's the stage. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, I, I did. I did some of them. <laughs> you know. That's awesome. I, I, you know. Look, we were all learning. We were all learning our craft there. Mm. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Everyone was learning it. I mean, you know, there, there was like two paths here. There was the uh, the music path, and then there was the career path. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had pokers in both fires. Yeah. You know, it was. Uh, you know, you know, when you think back, what boy, what 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 uh, what an incredible time in our lives, in everyone's life. Every night was a different night, right? Every night that was, you didn't want to miss every, every night. Every night you'd go like, you know, well, I don't, I've got to be there again. The first, yeah. the first, when I started there as a lighting guy, I think I went nine months in a row without taking a night off. I didn't <laughs> want to miss it. You know, I believe it. Every, oh, every night funny. something incredible was going on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, people ask me, and they go like, well, you know, I went down there, and I feel like I went there every night for three years. That's right, yeah. Right. You know, maybe I missed a night here and there, but I was, you know, pretty much – 
Wow. You know, I, I'd go to my job in the nighttime. I in the daytime, I was working as an assistant. I'd come home, have a slice, have a little bit of a nap, have a slice of pizza, go down to CB's. Stay all night. That's what you were doing. That was your life. I mean, that was. It was. Like you said this is such a great place. I just get to hang out with all these people, and uh, one night you said, "Oh my God, that's Robert Frank." <laughs> oh yeah, Robert Frank came walking in on me. My the, the, my idol came walking through the door, and I'm nobody knew who he was. CBGB's Rocks at Dawn, if you pay the dues to play, you could party all night long if you rock the Bowery Way. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I'm rocking on the Bowery. Ever Cosmo. You know, you don't remember, like, when I went down there to to CBGB's, when I went down there, Hilly was always like, if you're in that group, and you know what I'm talking about, David, Uh if you're in that Mm -hmm. group, like, I work for Sire Records because I was involved with all those he was so nice to you. It was like, go ahead in. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like, enjoy the show. You know, it was like, right. He was right. He was a free spirit. He was a very yes. Free he was. I, I would I would walk right by Roberta, who was working the yeah. front door. Wow. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, okay, okay. And then in later years, it was BG. You know, it was it was it, it. They knew who the cool people were to let in, and they also knew how to make sure the band got their uh, their money. Right. Yeah. Right. She, yes. Everybody. Yep. Everybody. And and Hilly then protected us all from any any, you know, any trouble around the Bowery, mm-hmm. as did Merv. Yeah. Th- that was it. Was a safe zone, and I mm-hmm. think I think one of the things that happened down there is as we as as the scene developed, the Lower East Side surrounding that area became much safer. Yes. You know, it was. I remember when I first started coming down there, seventy three, seventy four. It was dicey. You know, right? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, keep yourself straight enough when you got out of there to be able to, you know, negotiate getting out of the club wherever you had to be, whether it's right. walking somewhere or taking a cab or going to the subway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you, you were you safe there. You still had to make it over. Yeah. Yeah, but but in the club and the surrounding block around it, you were safe. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Now yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean, there. you know, the 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 population before we got there were the were the Bowery bums, I guess. And pretty know, much, and, pretty much, and the bums and the hookers and the you know right. all the people that that were you know were able to survive on the Bowery. That took its own skills to be able to uh, to come come in and out every day and be able to negotiate the. Uh, the street and come back safely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we well, did hear Cosmo, some good music. It was a wild place. There? What years huh? were you down there, Cosmo? Cosmo, what years I were you down there? I was there from 76 to 80. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, okay. so it was, it was when it was really starting to peak. You were in the action. Actually, you were start... totally in the action, Cosmo. You were yeah, totally in the action. Yeah, I started playing there at 75. And then mm-hmm. I realized that Boy, if you were going to do anything with the scene, you had to be on the inside of it. So I figured a way to get get inside it, and it, it worked. It worked. I think it worked for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, every, there was a place for you if you, you know. I I sort of went down there going like I, you know, I, once I started to take pictures, I went, well, what can I do that 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 would be of use here? And you know, I brought you know, kind of my history of photography knowledge into it 
because I I had I, I knew my rock and roll stuff, but I had this history mm-hmm. of photography that I knew, and I started to you, you can see it all coming out in my pictures, and and so that yeah, was my yeah. input. You know, there were other photographers doing it another way. Not that one is any better than the other. It's just everybody had their own position, and there were at least Great you know style. six or seven mm-hmm. photographers, and none of us ever got in each other's way. You know, mm-hmm. Roberta you know, Bailey, Yvette Roberts, Stephanie Chernikovsky. We we were all at our own spots. Bob Gruen, of course, who was so yeah. nice to me when I got. I mean, when he he would Joe look at my Steph, pictures. Uh, Joe uh, uh, Joe from uh, NME. Mm-hmm. Joe uh, Stevens, Joe. yeah, Captain Joe, Joe Stevens, Stevens. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we love great. Joe. Joe is great, and uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Roman Kozak, and right. uh, who is he? Who is the uh, Chuck Pullen from uh, mm-hmm, Chuck Pullen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chuck Pullen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, everyone it was, it was... that was there fit in, you know? Exactly. And I found that as in going through different clubs in my life, you kind of had to fit in every place you were. And you could be a rebel, but you also had to know where to lay back and where to become part of the family. Mm-hmm. You know, you know and, for and everyone... we, we protected each other. Absolutely, yeah. I, I can. Yeah, absolutely. That. And Hilly was the big, the, the big father figure, to so, so to speak. Right. For right. me, you wow. know, he was he was like you know, you're, it was the, the 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 friend whose house you could go over, and that friend's dad was cool, sure. letting you hang around, hang yeah. hang out, you know. And <laughs> Hilly was the guy. He was like, okay, right. yeah, you know, probably much to the grin, to the grin of Lee, of um, Karen Crystal, but you know, he he. Uh, <laughs> He, oh, that's funny. He also, you know, by his just sitting back and letting things happen, letting a lot of interesting things happen, a lot of stuff yeah. going on down there because he let it happen, you know. It percolated but in he, its own he time. He didn't get in the way of it, you know. No, not at all. I, you know, and I'm, he, you know, the, the amazing thing about that is he allowed so many different types of talent. You could get at least one night, you know, you could get the mm-hmm. Monday night. And then if you did something with that canvas and you had an interesting act and you brought people, uh, you had you had a future there. Yeah. You know, right and, from and when it started with how, television. From the very beginning, yeah. It was, you know, it it was it was the, the the gravitational center for all the miscreants, all the outsiders, all the people that had new ideas that really were going to bear fruit. Yeah, you know, that's, and Hilly was a very gracious to allow so many people well, to come you know, in there and try new things. Just the start of uh-huh. it, when you know, when 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 television saw when what Richard Lloyd and I guess it was Richard Lloyd and Tom Verlaine, you know, who yeah, saw Richard Hilly Lloyd, putting up the awning, and they and yep. they were and then you know Hilly said you know what 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 kind of music do you play? We we have country bluegrass and blues, and they were like, oh yeah, we do that, and then. um you know they didn't obviously, but uh, but uh, they they talked their way in with got Terry York to go in there and talk to uh, Hilly and say you know look you know we, you you take the bar and we'll take the front door money and we'll, we'll bring a lot of people and we know a lot of people that drink. Terry did a very oh, wow. clever thing. He he uh, he asked Hilly. Uh, he said, "What's your what's your worst night? What's your worst night of the week?" Mm-hmm. And he thought and he thought about it. He said, "Well, Sunday." And he said, "And what's the best you've ever done on your worst night?" 
they came up with a figure. And Terry said to him, I'll tell you what, if you give me like four weekends, I'll guarantee you at least that. I'll guarantee you at least wow. what your best night was on your worst on your worst night of the right. evening. Oh wow! You know, it, it, well, Terry was brilliant. He really yeah. was a very very smart guy, and he did it in a very kind of gentle but firm way, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, you know, I mean, Orc Records really is what started off the whole thing with Little Johnny Jewel. Right, and television playing there then brought in other bands. That uh, you know, like Patty, New Tom, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This you know, when once the Debbie or the Ramones, they say, hey, there's this place you can play over here. You know, I mean, a, a and, great you know, story around CBGBs is uh, my mentor Seymour Stein, who went down there and uh, was going to sign, I believe, it was the Heads. And what happened was the Ramones were playing that same night. And right. so what happens is he saw two. He got he signed two with one throw. You know, <laughs> it just happened that way. That's the magic of that club. You know. What yeah, I, mean? I remember Seymour telling that story like when that night at the Bowery Electric. Yeah. Of going yeah, down right. there and seeing Talking Heads and, you know, how he. <laughs> right. I've got to have this band. <laughs> got to have them. Got it. They're fast. Right. But it he was said the first amazing thing about how the Ramones, much he says they're fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and. um yeah, I mean that the magic of that club, unbelievable. You know the magic yeah. that happened around. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know I I sometimes think I'm I was I was so lucky to like find yeah. it, and then so lucky to you know because all my friends were like, why why are you, why are you going down there? I'm like, come <laughs> on, okay, you know. But it was great that so many people didn't think they should go down there. You know, right? That they right. go like, fine, get out of here. We don't need you. We don't need we only you. Only want people right. down here who yeah. want to be down here. <laughs> and everybody down there was passionate about passionate about wanting to be there. That's right, and they believed mm-hmm. in those groups. See, that's the big thing. It's like Seymour. Mm-hmm. Seymour told me, he says, "Spencer, you're one of the few people who believed in the Ramones." You know what I mean? It was like that down at CB. Right, it was exactly. Like everybody was passionate. You said the exact word, and Cosmo, you know that the passion that was in that club for those groups was amazing. I mean, you can't even describe it to people. You know what I mean? Right. Le- Lenny K well, once said something. That became like the nuclear crucible, if you will, for for, <laughs> for reactions to take place. In other words, yeah. the, the 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 stage was the that was the stage for everybody. You know, exactly. if, if you you could go up there and do your thing, no matter how crazy or how radical it was, you get at least one show. Then, if you could turn that into something that was that was making money for the place and bringing people in, putting asses in seats, then you had a, you had a home there, mm. you know, and you know, you, you, there were two rules that nerd from the beginning to the end. Number one, you had to play your own music. And number two, you had to road your own gear. There was no roadies that were roading you and loading you in. I didn't learn about that stuff that I started working at the bottom line that the crew right. always loads in and loads out the amp, the, uh, the groups, Mm-hmm. But in Seabees, you know, we gave you the stage, good production, and then it was uh, it was what you did with that with that you know with that uh, palette, what you painted on it that either would you know play, give you a place in history, or you found that it wasn't the right gig for you, wasn't the right place for your showcase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You I mean, know what I wanted to do really quick? I wanted to mm-hmm. have. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. God bless. No, go ahead. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to make sure 
Um, since we have Cosmo, we have Spencer. Cosmo, why don't you? Uh, I want to have Spencer and Cosmo introduce themselves a little bit and how they took part in this. Cosmo, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, so our listeners that are listening know um, okay. your intricate part in this. Yeah. Well, my name is Cosmo Holmes, and uh, I became the original uh, lighting director at CBGBs. Uh, I came to CBGBs, actually. I had a band. I had come over from Hawaii uh, with a theater troupe, and everything was changing. I got there in 72, and it was like everything was changing. The music was changing. Society was changing. Uh, fashion. Everything was in the, was in the crucible being changed and being transformed. And I realized that in order to be a part of that scene, you had to, you had to have a place in it. You had to have a reason to be there. I started initially as a cook and I did that for about uh, oh, wow. six months and then mm-hmm. uh, had a little separation there. It's in the CBGB book. Uh, I don't want to go over that right now, but uh, I came back a week later and uh, you know, I said, hey, I said, I've got lights in my uh, in my club in my uh, my uh, uh, rehearsal studio. I said, what this place really needs is it needs lighting. I said, the sound's great and the bands are great, but you got to be able to see them on stage. So I made a deal with Hilly. I brought in the lights for free for the first week. I said, if you like me, oh, wow. and you like what I'm doing, keep me on. If not, tell me to take a piss off down the road. You know. Mm-hmm. And it worked out, and I was there from 76 to 80. Uh, uh, I, I left there when the Ritz was being built, and then I became the LD at the Ritz. But, mm-hmm. boy, what a place, you know, looking back through history, what a place to be involved with. I mean, that was probably mm-hmm. one of the, the most important spots on the planet for music to come from during yeah. that time. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. history will bear me the truth out that, we created something great there. Everyone, everyone working together, you know. And, you know, the people that stayed there and worked there became friendly with the bands, you know, to where we became allies for each other. Yeah. You know? and mm-hmm. that, that, I think that was part of, of the cementing of, of the scene, you know, is realizing that, hey, there had to be a good place. You had to have good production with people that, really, you know, cared about what they're doing because all the bands were, you know, they were all coming there with passion to play and create something new. So that was the whole thing. You had to bring something new to it to add. It was like going to a, uh, you know, a, uh, what do you call it, a, a crock pot uh, party where everyone brings mm-hmm. a pot, a covered dish, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what everyone does. Yeah. Every, everyone and- brought some talent or some mm-hmm. abilities you know, and, and that's what happened. A great scene. It it developed organically. Right. Anyway, yeah. that's a little about me. I opened one well, of the I first punk labels. I want to thank you for, and, for and, being uh, such a big part of history of that place. That's amazing. Wow. And let me introduce myself now, Holly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go My for so it. I, I, was, I was in that era full full force. Uh, I was down at, of course, CBGB's a lot. I designed for a lot of the famous Groups like Richard Hell, Talking Heads, with Talking Heads, Ramones, uh, uh, Dead Boys, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Permanent Collection and the MoMA Permanent Collection. 
And, of course, I'm in this very big Ramon show that David's in with me. It's like a family, yeah. David. Hey, ho. Show. It's like I call it like a Ramon's family traveling now, right? What a great show that was. Yeah, and it's going to be at the oh, well, It's going to go on for now. years. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be at the Grammy Museum from September 16th to August, a smaller show. So the show really, to be honest, the one at Queens was the bigger show, but it'll be a nice show, and it's going to go on till August. And then after that, 19 cities, so it's going to be another 10 years on the yeah. road probably, right? Yeah, Mark Miller was the curator of that, did a great job. Yeah, Mark mm-hmm. Miller, on, he was on our show, Holly and I had him mm-hmm. on with us for Ramon's family, famous people on our show, and that was shared by the Queens Museum, our show, with Holly and me. And, and yeah, Mark Miller did an outstanding job. We're going to have Bob Santelli on from the Grammy Museum down oh, great. the line. He's going to be on, yeah. That'd so, be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, we're all in this punk culture big time, so it's quite a, it's quite an ironic thing that the Ramones have such stature right now. You know, I know. I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, could you yeah. believe it? I don't know if I could believe this far, but we're glad about it. I'm so glad for them in spirit, you know. But it's amazing, right? The iconic. Uh, yeah. Did, we you are ca- right. did you? Yeah. Did you catch the show last week that we did with Vera Ramon, where she was talking about yeah. her new book with D, about Dee Dee, and we were yeah, talking Poison about Monty yeah, Melnick was on. That. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. We, were, we love. Yeah. We love Vera. Yeah. I think she's yeah, yeah. doing something in New York coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's doing the 18th, the, uh, on September 18th, right, Holly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. September 18th, the down at the bar. punk fair. Right. At the beauty bar, yeah. I'm going. Yeah, yep. that's going to be cool, man. going to be really awesome. Well, yep. you know, if anyone did miss the show with the, um, from the beginning, you can listen to it on iTunes afterwards. And we have David Godless with us, along with Cosmo, yeah. and Spencer, and myself, Holly Stuff. I almost remember and the beginning. Yeah, I know. We're talking about your new book, History's Made at Night. Yeah. It's funny. You you reference, you know, how, you know, history was made at night so many times down at CBGB's. And we were talking about lighting. I don't know how much you, if you were listening earlier, but David uh, Godless was talking about how he uh, shot without a flash and about the lighting and how the lighting was so important and, that's what made his photos and and makes his photos in this book right. so yeah. different than the rest yeah. of them. You know, it's just so you know, I, cool. I, I, you know, I pulled the title off of an old movie that that that. Uh, you did. Yeah, it was an old movie you. title, and I thought, oh, that's really? a great title for me. I'm taking that title. You know, <laughs> history is right. made at night, and at yeah, first title. people were like telling me, like, oh, it's too many words. You can't have history is made no, at night. It's and too many words for the cover of the book, and I told my designer, I didn't, you know, well, maybe we can squeeze that many words in and still make it look clean and, you know, Jarmish Jim, when he uh, called me up after he did the intro, was, uh, you know, and he, he, said, he said, I'm almost done. I've been working on it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, wow, <laughs> look at that. He's working on it for a couple of weeks. And, um, and, and he says, I heard you might be changing the title of your book. And I was like, you know, I thought about it. Um, he goes, don't change that title. That's a great title. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Called up the designer. I, I said, we're going, I we're going with five whole, words. Never mind. Right. I love that's the whole right. design of the book, as everyone was talking about. I like the photos by Godless in, in God We Trust. I think that's great. And, <laughs> that was my rubber you know, stamp. When I was, a, no, you know, great. in the old days, and I, oh and yeah, I, that, and a, that's a great logo, by the way. That should be on a that, T-shirt, David. I you just sell that from, on a T-shirt. 
I have a t- I have a couple of T-shirts I made of it, but I haven't sold it. I, at first, I thought, who wants my logo on a T-shirt? But I do. Um, oh, no, Holly they does. Never know I gotta tell you, until they, you put it Holly out. Does. You know what? They <laughs> make Holly T-shirts. Holly and Spencer want that T-shirt. Yeah. In Japan, they make t-shirts. t-shirts with my logo. Really? Wow. Oh, awesome. I've got these guys that make T-shirts with, with my logo and some of my pictures in Japan. And wow. very oh, recently, cool. you know, they, they, they understand logos in Japan. Yeah, and, I, um, mm-hmm. I still have the original the, the original blueprint of the CBGB t- uh, t-shirt. The blue really? one. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, uh, Which one? Well, hey, Which one, cousin? Well, I designed the, t- the CBGB t-shirt, the, the oh. one that's called the classic uh, design. I didn't know that. I have yeah, that t-shirt. Yeah. Huh? I see. You learn something every day. Believe it or not. This is this is historic going on in the air right now. I'll, I'll tell you. Wow. I went down there one night. I was I was a graphic artist. I was a layout artist at a place called Crystal Letterpress, and then working mm-hmm. for the other crystals at night. But mm-hmm. during when I had time off between projects, I I I lay things out, and I started laying out a CBGB uh, thing. The logo was already done that was on the uh, on the uh, overhang, if you will. But I adapted it to a cartoon style. And then I had uh, CBGBs in an ohm fug. And then I had, I had, I put in, uh, in press type, the home of. And then one night I came down there and I said, you know, Helia, this place really needs a t-shirt. I've got the rough design together. But what is, what is CBGBs the home of? Is it, is it punk rock? Is it new wave? Is it underground? What is it? And Hilly said, he says, well, he says, you know, he says, the English press is calling it punk rock. But he's <laughs> come in here and they've got lips in their clothes and their guitar cases are held together with gaffer tape. He says, well, it's really, it's underground music. He says, well, there you go, the home of underground rock. <laughs> there you and go. The next day I finished it, did the press type. And, uh, you know, ran. I remember in the old days, you could go to the print shops and they, they would make uh, the same place that did iTech printing, would, <laughs> was able to take that image, whatever the image you did, and put it on a t shirt. Right. So I ran <clears throat> one of those. I ran one of those actually with the cartoon drawing, which was a little different. And I still have that. That's in, that's in um, plastic. Right, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's history right yeah, there. That, who, who knew? You know, all I can say is, you never know what's going to take off for you in life. In life, mm-hmm. I, I was I was hoping to have a hit record, and I ended up having a hit T-shirt. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know. Now that, jump forward great. about jump forward to now. I've had ten number one records in a row. That's great. Oh, wow. Right, right now. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I manage a gal by the name of Diane Minky, and I just got her deals all over the planet, really. Uh, and, you know, uh, we're in 20 countries in Asia and Europe and South America. We're on Warner Brothers and Chapel now. Uh, we're in South Africa, Australia. And wow, you're a busy man. Hey, no man. You know, we're all growing old. You've got to do something with your time. I, I, right. You know, I people know. have asked me, when are you going to retire? I said, why, why would I retire? I never got why tired in the first you? post. No, exactly. I never got tired, you know. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. I say if you love that's what you do, that's the way do, you do it. Yeah. That's what you that's do. That's awesome. That's you know, you so, so interesting. That's so interesting about the logo thing. And, you know, I want to bring up um, another really important thing here about your book, Godless, is um, the very back where you have special thanks to the top tier Kickstarter backers. And you started this on okay. Kickstarter. So we do yeah. want to make sure we acknowledge everyone that really um, – help to make this happen for you um and that's yeah, really I mean, important because that, that's that's great it was yeah. great it was a very diy way of putting a book together you know mm-hmm. and because it was a diy scene do it yourself the um i think people reacted very well on kickstarter you know you could sort of tell go bypass the publishers who had not given me a book deal and um, mm-hmm. who couldn't quite figure out what, whether they should give me a book deal or what to do with my book. And um, someone said to me, why don't you do a Kickstarter? And uh, I didn't really think of it as, I thought of it as Kickstarters for movies, but not for books. And he said, no, 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 you can, then he sort of gave me a couple of tips on it. And then I looked into it and then I went, you know, I think this might work because, you know, the scene is to very do it yourself. And people reacted, you know, it was kind of like putting out your own 45 back in the day. You raise right. the money, go directly to the people, you know, pre-sell them a book before you make it and then get the money to do it. And um, mm-hmm. and so it really actually worked out quite well. And I think people related because of that DIY scene that it, the pictures were all mm-hmm. about and they could sort of get, OK, this is kind of like what we did back then, except we're, you know, each person donating this much money is going to get the book published. And, uh, and and you know and what's sure did. really good about it is, David, you you've got a good, you, a great. I got to emphasize that, a great quality book coming out of a self-published book, which normally does not happen. I got to tell you the truth, normally that does not happen. But you had uh, the means to do it, which I give you every credit for, and it's a beautiful book. Now, usually, like I say, you usually don't see that in self-published books. The quality. Yeah, I think- Again, largely my designer, Laura Lindgren, because she was the yeah. one. You know, my friend, I had one friend who works with the Andre Cortez estate, the famous photographer, and he said, I'd done a couple of books with this girl, and she was a big fan of punk rock, and she was also yeah. a very high quality designer, and then she walked me through the process. I basically, from the money I got from Kickstarter, used that to pay her to walk me through, you know, as a designer. So she didn't just design the book, but she con- put me in contact with printers and guided me along the way. And, um, and, and, you know, the rest of it was just sticking to my guns of this is, I want this to be a great book, but I had somebody mm-hmm. that really could walk me through the process of how to do it. So I was basically working with the same people a publisher would work with. Exactly. I just, you know, exactly. I, I just had to run all the departments, you know, I was a man of many hats. And, and by, by the way, hopefully everybody else could do this because this is the future. Self-publishing yes, that's what it felt like to me, yeah. It yeah. felt like to well, me like that. Self-publishing and making your own records, making your own right. movies. Exactly. You just have to, re, you have to retool the budgets in that's terms exactly. of, mm-hmm. of what you have and what you can do. And then you have, you have to be quality conscious. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the big things that happened with the with the internet happening is it, in a way, it leveled the field in, in ways of people be, being able to get product out, but not everyone put out quality, and that's you know it create a glut of material that's just like passable, barely passable. Well, the with, right. With the, uh, Cosmo, with the thing with books is very interesting because you can do everybody's doing self published with more text matter, but this is a different area. This is a totally different area. This is photo book. 
So when a photo yeah. book comes out, you want to see a good quality. See, that's what's rare about this. See, that's the thing that's got to progress what David's doing, is that there's a tons of self-published books. There's no question about it. But most of them are text. The photo books are not even good, most of them, to tell you the truth. But David has found a way to get it done in a quality way, but self-published. That's the future. Kickstarter, get it done if you can do it, and that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I surrounded myself with people, I must say. I didn't do it on myself, but I had people that kept on me that were like, you know, telling me, you know, this is if you want to make a really good photo book, you've got to make, you've got to, here are the decisions you have to make. Right. You know, and you've, exactly. and you've got to stay on top of it. And you know, and I and and even from from the scans to the to the printing to and I and then I had the right people who guided me the right way to you know we only did one set of wet proofs, and um, and it came out beautiful, and and you I know, also probably this is probably one of the uh, I'll tell you the truth and Holly and I get a lot of photo books right Holly I mean they are all through publishing so when you get a photo book like this in this quality line wow you know what I mean you're setting a trend here I mean I'll tell you the mm-hmm. truth you're. You're setting a trend now for the future. You yourself have just set a trend for the future for photo books. Wow. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> you can handle it. I can. You're right. You can I wanted, look, I, I knew that I didn't want to make, you know, I knew what I wanted. I, I, I go into stores. I look at books. I go, and I go like, okay, good. Okay, nah. Okay, good. And I didn't want somebody looking at my book and doing that, going like, nah. Mm-hmm. Could have been good, but he didn't no, do it. No, this is a you know? fun book. This is, right. I, I wanted it to be fun really, too. This is a really it fun is. book. I it wanted is. to feel good in your hands. I made it a size that's it comfortable. I mean, it's I put, put right all that size. thought in. You know, yeah, I, 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 you know, I wrangled over that. I was like, I tried to make a book that was bigger, and I went, no, too big. Okay, this is the right size, nine inch by nine inch. It's comfortable no, in your hands. Perfect. My designer set it up yeah. so some things went cross page. That was good. Uh, then I said, I don't like books that go cross page. And then she said, No, I'll get you stay flat binding. And she had the printer send me a book that was stay flat binding so the pages laid flat so you didn't miss things. In the, all that stuff, right. you know, were decisions that had to be made. Right. But I had the right advisors mm-hmm. who guided me along, and I had the right people who could show me how to do it. That's the important part, and also having the, book the right is, people. Simplicity mm-hmm. is the secret to great. I've learned this in design. Uh, simplicity is the answer of great design. And you, mm-hmm. that's what it the is. book is. Right. Yeah, I didn't try it. You're right. The point. There's around it. That brings you into whatever the image is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even those things like where somebody said, "Oh, you should have on the cover that it's photographs." I go like, "Well, I think people know it's photographs." If they open up to the title page, it says "Photographs 1976 to 79." If I put "Photographs 1976 to 79," I'll have a hundred things on the cover. And then I went, "Well, wait a minute. I'm doing my own book. I don't have to do it any which way but my what I want." That's you know, right. I looked at like the Diane Arbus book and it was like, okay, she had a picture and Diane Arbus on the cover and then you took the slip cover off and all there was was a picture. I went, you do it whatever way you want. You don't have to have a right. rule here. It's not True. like, a, you know, it's, it's not no like, rule. you know. You know what? That was one of the, that was one of the hallmarks of the punk scene. Exactly. That exactly. So they going along that. They that. could take control of their art form and not just be a good soldier all right, you know, it's supposed to be three seconds here and then 10 seconds for the uh, blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Everyone was experimenting, and that's what came out was a whole new issuance of art, of music, of culture. Everything changed all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the great designers out here is Jamie Reed, the secretary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. His covers yeah. were dynamic. I looked at him. He was one of my... I don't know what you call him, the one of the great designers that I respected in that era because off of that came that raw 
that whole raw feeling, the colors, yeah. the yellows, the pinks, I, whatever. I, lis- I listened to a lot of that music when I was doing the book. You know, from the yeah. time I started, like, it took me a year to a year and a half to put it together. But I listened to all that music to try to remember that time period, to try to yeah. incorporate that that attitude into the book I was doing. You know, well, you I, did. I, I didn't want it to be a book <laughs> now about then. I wanted it to be a book that felt like then and still felt yeah. modern because that time period yeah. felt so modern. Everything was like, today's the day. That's it. All we got. Yeah, exactly. You got it. You got it. You, you know, no it. future. No, that, you know, like that. And it and it really does reflect that too. And I have to tell everyone if you want to get this book and you should get this book, go ahead to Godless's um website. He's also on Facebook and um I didn't see you're on Twitter as well, aren't you? I'm on Im- I'm I'm on Instagram more than Twitter. I'm okay. on I'm, I'm on I'm heavily on Instagram and um and on Facebook. And yeah, you can go to my website, godless.com and you know, in another month or so you'll maybe be able to get it at Amazon, but we're working on it little by little. Fantastic. And tomorrow night is the uh, opening. Tomorrow night, and, Agnes uh, B., which is where I'm calling. They're about okay. to close the gallery and are about to kick me out. But um, okay. I'm calling from the gallery where the 6 to 8 p.m. tomorrow night on 50 okay. Howard Street, which is between Broadway and Mercer. Agnes B., the fabulous designer, um, or Agnes Bay, if you talk French. Um, and come on down, and we're going to have a wild time tomorrow night, a little bit of a party Fantastic. with the pictures, and nice large prints. You can almost take your picture in front of Patty because it's so big. It's almost like a backdrop. Oh, wow. I and you can, per- you can purchase cool. the book at the at the opening, correct? Yes, absolutely. We'll have plenty of copies of the book. We'll sign it for you if you want. Uh, you can even buy photographs if you'd like. And you can buy some nice Great. Agnes B. clothing, some fabulous Agnes yeah. B. Uh, Wow. Shirts and Ooh, suits, you know. Really, hey, you know, T-shirts, David. I want your godless T-shirt with Holly. <laughs> I, I'm going to get you one. I'm going to get both of you one. I've I, I even had T-shirts. We're wearing T-shirts. I have my cool. CBGB. I have my CBGB T-shirt, Cosmo. So now that if I'm wearing, want, well, when I wear it, I'll think about you. Okay. Yeah. If you want, I'd be glad to sign it for you. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's well, I you want know. to thank everybody for calling in and, and being here today. Spencer, my co-host, who put this together along with uh, Godless and Cosmo. And we we missed and Holly. Uh, Yvonne. And Holly. Yeah. yeah. And Holly. I, I'm always forgetting about myself. I I don't ever introduce myself because pretty much well, everybody, I'm, I'm like an open book, you know. But oh, I'll please. Whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, we missed we missed we missed Yvonne. We missed Yvonne today calling. Yeah, what happened? Um, sure we'll catch her at the Max's auction. Yeah, and yeah. make sure you guys check out the Max's Kansas City um auction online. It's on Facebook as well. And uh again we'll be back next week. I'll be back on next Wednesday, um, which is a kind of a cool show. Um, kinda not about um rock and roll or photography or anything, but more about uh, spirituality in the world and how you can uh, kind of, Good. you know, come to terms with a lot of stuff and get a little more centered, which is kind of cool. And then we on can Friday, all use we that. Really, yeah, and then Friday, and, and it's going to be a really cool show. I'm doing it with uh, somebody that does a really great blog that I read on um, Tiny Buddha, and uh, he has his blog. It's an amazing blog and I said hey let's do a show and it's uh, going to be a really oh, cool show next Wednesday and then next Friday we have a show again Spencer and I with uh, who, Cindy who Lee Berryhill yep. great show oh, I love Berry Cindy Hill. Oh, wow. yeah Cindy Lee we love 
Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Yes. Well, with been working that, on that new record for a while. Yeah, right. that's awesome. That's awesome. With that, I want to say to everyone, thank you for listening again. If you did miss it, it's on iTunes, on demand, afterwards, podcasts. Cosmo, thank you for calling in. You're in Florida, right, Cosmo? Yeah, yeah, down in, uh, I actually moved from Hollywood. I'm now in Aventura. Okay, all right, cool. And everyone yeah. else is in New York, and I'm on in, in uh, Northern California. So with that, we're Thank going you for to having me on. It. All right, end our show. I love you, David. Cosmo. Love you too, Spence. It's, yep, it's the weekend. We're going to end Thank with you, another Holly. song that you chose. Cosmo, August. ahoy. Um, Thank you for having yeah. me on, too. What a what nice way to spend an hour. welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's actually been an hour and a half. Isn't that great? Wow. Oh my gosh. Huh? When you're having a good time, it no, flies, an hour and you know? Minutes, actually. Hour and 45 minutes, Holly. It's a long show. It's one of our longest, That's, but the but best. You know one what? of our best shows. This show is really tell great. Everyone, I always tell everyone, they go, how long are, you, are we going to be on for? An hour, I, my, you know, usually. And they go, Oh my God! I don't know what I'm gonna talk about in an hour. And I go, look, trust me, with the music and the people and everything, everything, it just goes so fast. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, it's almost yeah. like it's, you know, like here we go. So anyway, thank you. Thank the people where you're at right now at the uh, store and at the gallery for letting you use their phone and staying in there. <laughs> I hope you don't get kicked out too fast. This is fabulous. Yeah. And it's I'm staying Friday, overnight guys, until please. the thing opens tomorrow. Oh, no. And enjoy enjoy the weekend, guys. Please don't drink and drive. And uh, with that, we're going to end the show with a really cool song that you also chose called Gloria, the Patti Smith version. So here you guys go. Have a great weekend. Cool. Thank you guys for Take calling care. in. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks. Rock and roll. Good night. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, hot thieves, wild cord on my sleeve, thick heart stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me, me.